1: fm to get
2: started i'm maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to after buzz tv the espn of tv talk now let the buzz
0: begin
1: hey there after buzzers welcome to the party this is the four live after show season one episode 10 characters and fitness the gang is all here what's up everybody we got jeff will in the building What's good? Good to be here, man. How are you? Back again, back again. I'm doing well. We're still, you know, the gang's still here.
2: (laughs) Together again, we're still holding down the fort in our uh, separate places, but uh, we still have a lot to talk about, so I'm excited.
1: Absolutely. Tonight's episode, they did give us a lot of information. So there is a lot to discuss. I tried to break it down because uh, in particular, we definitely have to spend some time talking about one of the biggest questions that got answered was uh, Aaron and Darius's relationship. Mm-hmm. So I figured we'll talk about Aaron in jail for a bit. We'll move on to Aaron and Darius. And then we'll talk about kind of the warden and that transitional phrase. That sound good to everybody?
2: Yeah. Okay. Hey, drive so- the boat. Let's do it. <laughs> so let me
1: tell you, because when they first started with the day one thing, I already was like, oh God, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. We got to mm-hmm. go back into time. But it was really good to see, even though it was so many days, kind of the whole experience. So I guess we can start there. Emily, what did you think about having to go back in time and just kind of really relive some of those incidences?
2: Yeah, I think it was, I you know, we've seen this type of uh, use of this storytelling element f- throughout the season. So I feel like it's very, I feel like this episode was all about that, that we had to have these these questions answered in this episode and it, I think it helped. I think it helped having just, it felt exhausting for us to see it go from one day to like 2000 plus. And it, you could feel the frustration. You could feel just like the tiredness of it. And so I feel like that element of it, of, the, of going back in time and seeing these moments happen was really effective.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because it did explain a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, there were so many questions that we just mm-hmm. never had the context to know. I still think they do a really bad job of introducing characters and names. But Dot, what did you think, kind of just going back in time and reliving Aaron's whole prison sentence?
0: You know what? I thought that I had already met the highest level of respect that I could have for Aaron. But after this, it went to yet another level. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though it was in an odd place, I think it was extremely important for us to go back and to relive that. Because for me, I got a greater sense of why he was fighting and just how much more important it is for him to win his case. I, the entire time watching it, my heart was just breaking for all of the things that he was having to endure within jail and on the outside of jail. And for me sitting there, I'm watching Aaron, but I'm always remembering those other victims who have fallen to similar circumstances where they are being held in jail for something that they didn't do. So it was extremely impactful and I was so inspired. And, I really wanted to meet the real Aaron now.
1: <laughs> oh good, I love that, I, I agree. And I think too, they did a good job of just repositioning it and letting taking mm-hmm. us from just the idea, a world of a show and this guy in jail to really getting to know a character and what life in prison can be like and having just to make the necessary adjustments mm-hmm. and the clicks and a little violence we got to see as well, Jeff, what'd you think? No, I, th- I thought this was
3: very well needed. And like Dot said, not in the right spot it makes sense as a, if I'm a producer, if I'm like running the show, you're like, you know what, I want people, I want people to understand what he's going through right before he has to Mm -hmm. go through that trial. So Mm -hmm. like, I get it. As a viewer, I was like, I'm ready for the trial now. But like, this even makes me more ready for the trial, because we got to see him go, go into the jail cell, we got to see him deal with, hey, bend over and cough, like, we never got to see these the trials and tribulations of the first time going in there, when he went into the jail cell and puked. when he, like, had to learn the lay of the land and how there was a bigger dog than we'd ever even seen because we had never even met, like, we had ne- we'd never even met some of the players before we got there. So it was, it was really cool to see. It was very eye-opening. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I want to get to the trial
2: now now it, right it yeah built it
1: so much anticipation
3: Go yeah it,
2: it built it built this like I was so anxious during this episode, I don't know if you guys felt it, but I because we started out with that just beautiful tableau of just all the articles and like he, the layout of his case all over his cell and the walls, like i was I felt like we were closing in on something, and we're obviously I think we're gonna see it later, but I felt like this episode was us getting these little nuggets of truth and these little pieces of breadcrumbs that like we were frustrated that we didn't have and I feel like they had to use these 10 episodes in order to build that frustration because because Aaron's frustrated with the justice system so like as a viewer we have to be frustrated too for him and so I feel like they used this as a as a a moment to like breathe in this episode and and say okay this is the this is the truth that you haven't seen
1: yeah it's like okay get ready because there's a bunch that's about to come but we did need to experience all the truth and some of those Mm -hmm. elements were just you know figuring out because I had wondered too like how did he get in this position to where like he had so much respect you know I felt Mm -hmm. that component that had been missing was kind of the violence that goes to prison and we saw a little bit of that i'm gonna come back to that because i want to talk about i think my uh big the biggest thing that i love here tonight was just going back and being able to define the relationship that he has with his best friend cellmate, who i know they said his last name i forgot to write it down and they never said his name again but I just thought, you know, that piece of male companionship and friendship and just being there, and I just really, really valued that. I thought that was so great to see, not just for, you know, a jail wife or like the Black male element, but just to kind of see how. Uh, you can make acquaintances and friendships. And even I think Aaron has said that in the episode, he was talking about Darius, don't talk about him yet, because we're not going there. <laughs> oh, but just in knowing who the people are and knowing who your friends are, what was I guess that you tell me what was kind of the best thing about the episode for you?
0: You know, I have to second everything that you said, kind of seeing that brotherhood that does happen in jail. We always hear about the bad things, but the honest truth is you are in this cell confined and this person Mm -hmm. kind of gets to know you better than you may know yourself. So a really strong point in this episode is when Marie asked him to sign those divorce papers and his cellmate, uh, Aaron didn't even have to say anything. I think he was playing with his ring and, you know, he broke down, which is the first time we've really seen him this vulnerable. And um, he just looked at him and just played the song and kind of looked in the distance and he almost gave sort of a sense that he had seen it before, or he had felt that same way before, or maybe he had saw it coming. There was just this very clear understanding and just a beautiful moment of, I got you dog, you know, like it's it's just us in here. And for me, it, it's, it's you know, it, it's a good thing to see that you can make a real friend in jail. <laughs> yeah,
2: sure. I, I have think to, He I was have just just... like,
1: what's up bro? And I was just yeah. like, oh, anytime you say bro, it's just gonna take you to like recognize it a little bit different. Go ahead, Emily.
2: Yeah, no, I was gonna say dog, like, like that moment uh, in this, in this episode really got me because it was, it was like a protective gesture as well, because you're like, you know, blocking out the, the sound of someone crying with music. Yeah. It, I feel like it was very poignant and just showing, cause he's new to the, he's new to prison. Like you can't show your vulnerabilities. You have to be strong. And like, it just, made me just feel for him and so um and I feel like that brought them together even more with his cellmate I think that's yeah. a great
1: point too because I hadn't thought about him playing the music as like a distraction now he was at at this point he had been in maybe seven eight years oh, yeah that's true so it's to yeah to find ways to be vulnerable with another mm-hmm. man is like you know honorable go ahead yeah. Jeff.
3: No, I'm. You guys all hit on some points, and I'm glad you you hit on it, Emily, because I was gonna say it was twofold for me when I saw it because he realized he didn't need to say anything because he said, "What's yeah, up, bro?" I'm like, Oh, yeah. he's like, no. So this this conversation does. I just need to be here. And then twofold, also, you know that there's people on both sides. They don't need to hear you crying because this is mm-hmm. a this is a moment, and we can't technically we can't do that here. You know what I'm saying? So that was great to see. But I love the progression of their friendship, like seeing them from, from day one. He's like, yo, get, first off, get the uh, puke off the ground because I do my pushups there. (laughs) Also you have have half the wall you're supposed to have. There were so many things he had to get used to, to get to that point Mm -hmm. and to see that they gotten that so that far that he was like, you know what, dog, I already know. You don't need no, you don't need any words. Let me just play this music and let you get it out. And then it even took a step further when they were, like, leaving their cells and being, like, kind of, like, separated at the end. It's like, you've been my dog for, what, eight years now? Like, you've been literally the only person I can talk to all day every day. So, like, it was cool to see that relationship develop through this episode.
1: And what was the reason? Because I think I missed it. Why did he go to another cell? I
0: think think... it was just making changes. The new warden, right? Yeah. I think she was kind of upgrading everyone's cell maybe giving people more space they were getting new beds so it was supposed to be a positive but you also have to think of this friendship that was made and it's like losing mm-hmm. roommate? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
3: right I was just saying whatever I was gonna say right. whatever upgrade or move technically you're still moving your house so like mm-hmm. he had to still move away from his roommate move all his belongings and
1: stuff it's a lot no, it's a big deal. And any any kind of change in like situation like that with friendship, it always makes you just like kind of question it because you don't know what it's going to do to change it because you spent all this mm-hmm. time building a friendship based on these elements. So, but we yeah. do get to see that their friendship maintains. Now, one of the things that I had trouble with, and I want to ask you guys what you thought about it was, uh, I didn't have a problem with the element of the character Green who was like trying to fight Aaron I liked when he was punching him in the back of the head you know that made sense like I'm going to get at you but when it came down for like Aaron to like have this plot where he was gonna like attack him and then kind of back out of it I don't know uh tell me Emily what did you think because for me I just was left like I don't know if that was as effective I understood why Mm -hmm. they needed him to not do it but I just don't know how realistic of an approach Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I I feel like this is a tough moment for Aaron. I feel like it's so out of character for him to do something like this. I don't think he's outwardly violent unless he's protecting himself in the moment, but I feel like this was calculated. It was planned and I, I I feel like that's part of why it it didn't go any further because it's Mm -hmm. not part of Aaron's moral compass to do something like this. Um, so I felt, but I also felt like it's a pretty accurate experience, I feel like, that, that you, that you hear about and see in, in prison, that there's violence, there's, there's, you know, there's groups attacking each other, um, but.
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe it was yeah, just I, him begging for his, I don't know, something about it's, it,
2: just, it. It's like it him mean. trying to, to figure out his place in this, like, prison world, this, you know. Yeah. I feel what you're saying,
0: Keith. Like, of course, for the storytelling, they had to make Aaron not kill him because then we would kind of see this, well, murderer, yeah. this bad side of him that would yeah. Be- to be on his side but at the end of the day he's in jail trying to gain respect and as a person has this uh, plot and they don't follow through with it to me it kind of just makes you uh, a pinpoint for further drama and further uh, mishaps because people Mm -hmm. know that you won't follow through so when I watched it I struggled a little bit like oh well If I was in jail, I would be like, I'm always going after Aaron because he's too safe to kill
1: (laughs) anybody. Yeah, but they saved, they did save face by having the kingpin guy or whomever he had put out the hit on. So I got that. But Jeff, what did you think about it? I thought it was very realistic.
3: Like it was, it was a test. He was, he's still Mm -hmm. very new. So this is probably. In the first couple years of him being there, our first, like, yeah. first year of him being there. It's like his the, initiation
2: the, or, yeah. I know,
3: I, yeah, but, like, mm-hmm. every, everything that he knows about this one guy that's behind him is that he's a killer. He's, like, multiple homicides. Mm-hmm. Like, every party that's that we know is bad is saying that this guy is bad. Yeah. So, like, what is Aaron supposed to think? He thinks that his life is in danger, so what is he going to do? I'm just going to be on the attack. But then we see where his moral compass is. Like, he can't physically do it. And then the fact that, that um, he ended up dying in general, that's realistic. My thing is, like, at the end of the day, he saw who was jumping him. He's going to snitch. What is the kingpin going to do? Eliminate the problem. So yeah. him killing him, that made a lot of sense to me. I thought there'd be a little bit more backlash for Aaron. But at the yeah. end of the day, he's a lawyer and he got himself out of the problems. So I think he got himself out of the problems quick enough to not have the backlash that we were kind of expecting.
1: Yeah, I think Aaron does a really good job at problem solving and getting ahead of them so that he gets himself out of like a weary position. I wonder what happened to the old Kingpin because we don't know. We didn't see there. We know that Dawkins is the new him. But speaking on what you just said about Aaron being a lawyer, so we did get to go back and see. And one of the things that I was kind of impressed with or was wondering like what was his interest in you know law, how he got to do it. So problem solving we saw that it really was a means to an end from the jump mm-hmm. with his original cellmate just having to yeah. defend themselves to get out of the hole and then when it came back to paying the debt for the kingpin killing green you right. know he really had to take on that and so that's how he got into the whole world of kind of developing a legal career and just sitting through and the ideas he came with with going through law school and then having to pass the bar so I thought that was super duper inspirational you know everybody knows that I want to go to law school so I was just like wow you know just his ability to kind of just have that discipline and focus and to find he always finds a way um, to do what he needs to do I think Scott what about you in terms of Aaron's journey on being a lawyer
0: agree with you it was uh definitely inspirational just knowing that no matter what if you push forward your dreams can come true here we are looking at someone who's in jail who's studying for the bar exam who's going you know the back end going around things doing some deep thinking but the entire time that I was watching it I also was just coming to the realization that he kind of have a he he was a natural he kind of had this talent Mm -hmm. or this gift um it it didn't it wasn't that it wasn't self-taught because we do see him studying, but it it, it was his second nature to kind of always think a little bit deeper and to question and to challenge things. So I liked seeing that it was in him. I'd be interested to know... Um, his life outside of jail before ever even getting there? Is this something that he was interested in maybe in high school or something like that? Um, Just his thinking, uh, he was made to be a lawyer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good observation. I think he, he's naturally a leader. And we got to see that we'll talk about when we get to the warden situation. But um, Jeff, what about you?
3: No, I, I agree. I, I just think that he, he's like, he was kind of put in a situation. It was kind of out of necessity, and what threw me off, and like maybe it just like they always said he was a new lawyer and everything, but like he he just passed the bar like a, a yeah. year yeah. before we saw him. Like he was gr- <laughs> Like yeah. he was green, Super green, like, Yeah. Like, when they said when they said it's year eight and he like just got the bar, I'm like, homie, we we saw like that was like five <laughs> minutes ago. So like. That's what threw me off the most, like his whole progression. It was great to see. And it seemed like it was a lot out of necessity because like there was all these people like, we can't help you. It's like, yes, you can just do this. Just read. And it's like, no, we can't help you. It's like, I'm going to just do it myself because he's a hustler. Like you guys are saying, like he's a problem solver. And I think the hustler mentality and the the, um, leadership kind of went hand in hand with him running a business because at the end of the day he had to run a club he had to make sure all that all that stuff was in line so it, it makes sense definitely
1: and what about you Emily in terms yeah, of
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree.
2: That? Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of you guys like when when we first saw him in doing that kind of hearing in the in the prison like already he was doing what a lawyer does. So it was a natural fit for him to say, "Okay, I want to take this big step so I can help I feel like initially it's like, hey, I can, I can help myself here. If I know how to ask the right questions, look into the right stuff. So again, it's a natural fit for him. And, um, you know, it takes, what's crazy is it takes a lot to pass the bar. And, uh, I'm wondering, like, is this the first time he took it and passed, or was it like seven times he'd studied to take it and, uh, and then finally passed. So, mm-hmm. um, I feel like that moment, I feel like I would have loved to have it a little bit longer and more extended. So I could really see how, how hard you have to work to, to get that.
0: I agree. I was waiting for that. I was like, he's definitely not passing on the first time, but it's okay. Cause I know he gets it. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> that part? And I was like, Oh man, I was, you know, I was waiting for the fails. That's what made Yeah. Me really mm.
2: yeah. You need those like ups and downs to make it feel like a little bit more grounded. Yeah,
1: I wonder, I mean, they did compress a lot into this episode, so I get why we didn't see every kind of bit of the journey, but mm-hmm. it may have been nice to see him kind of fall on his face um, in that world, and then to see how he recovered and still have the energy and, you know, the the want to still develop that skill and to hone it, but one other thing we did get to see, and I'm going to start with Dot, because she predicted last week that we were going to see you know, the situation play out with Aaron and mm-hmm. Darius. And we saw he visited not once, twice, but three times. So what do you make of now that we have the context or more context of their relationship? What where do you think that stands? Who's right? Who's justified? Like that go ahead and, and kick us off.
0: You know what? This has been the controversy since day one of our <laughs> yep. show. Is what is Darius' true intentions? And I think that we've been learning throughout this story that Darius is a good guy. I'm not gonna not not pertaining to him and Marie quite yet, but it seems like he tried to be loyal to Aaron. It seems like Aaron was a good friend to him. You know, he came. He was like, "I got you on the fees. You would do it for me." And what really stung me is when he came to let him know that he was seeing Marie and said you know it's been eight years you know life has to go on and that really sat with me because eight years is a very long time eight Mm -hmm. years for you to change your mind about so many things for your perspective on life to to alter and because they were working so closely together I can see how this happened with him and Marie. I still think that there are just so many other women in the world and I still think as a true friend, you wouldn't ever want to devastate a best friend in that way, especially when they are in such a vulnerable and helpless situation. Um, so me seeing Darius go and have those conversations with Aaron was exactly what I needed for me to really truly understand the dynamic of their relationship, which seemed genuine, but it just only made it hurt even worse mm-hmm. that he Dating Murray.
3: <laughs> yeah. right. I respect
1: it, Jeff. What What you think? Look,
3: I I put so much like <laughs> passion in the fact that he's never that we never saw him go up and talk to Aaron, and until episode ten we hadn't. So uh-huh. like, what am I? What am I supposed to think? But that now that we have, I I'm happy that he did go go see him and try mm-hmm. and go help him. I'm still on the fence of how he handled the last meeting when he was like, yo, I'm, I'm um moving in now. I'm moving in with Marie. Not mm-hmm. like, it seemed kind of um like brass or whatever, but like also it's been a year. So like it's back and forth. So I'm kind of, I don't, I'm not against him or with him on that one. And I definitely think Aaron's response was warrant. Not warrant yeah. is not the right word. Not ra- the not right war- word. Mm-mm. I don't Mm -hmm. think it was warranted because it's been eight years. I think it was truthful. I think it was realistic,
2: but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't
3: say warranted because it's also been eight years. And she asked for a divorce two years ago. Yep. And he knew about it. That's the part that that threw me off. He knew about the divorce. He said something about the divorce to Aaron, and that was at like three months or something like that. It's been, what, two years now? And he was still with her? So why you're with Marie for almost a year and a half knowing that she hasn't that she asked for the divorce and that it hasn't happened. What's going on there?
2: Okay. And Emily, you oh my God. I mean you guys are so heated about this. This has been like the 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 battle, you know, the 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 fight that we all have. Um I, I am so torn about this conversation, uh these multiple conversations and visits this last episode. I'm I'm kind of on on Darius's side in in some ways because I feel like he was trying to help Maureen move on, but also I understand the heartbreak of Aaron not wanting to let that part of his life go because you never are truly gonna ever let your, your wife and your kid and all of that go. And that's a part of him forever. And no matter where you are. And so I, I get kind of where both of them are coming from. I like that Darius did actually take the time as a friend and say, hey, this is what's happening. And he was truthful and he stepped up because I feel like Jeff, we had conversations on this panel previously of like, oh man, why can't he just be, you know, be a man and go up and talk to him, you know, confront him. And I feel like yeah. he did that. And he did that in the best way possible. And he built up to it. And Aaron should not have felt like this was out of place and out of the blue because I I feel like there's inklings, you know, you kind of know. Okay and
1: uh so yeah gotcha i mean i can understand it it's difficult to move on i would love to stay here because i still have issue and things that I would like to play but I'm so gonna many. let it alone you know it so was just good to see like you <laughs> said we got to finally realize that he at least did visit him he at least did address him man to man and as a result they no longer have a friendship which is understandable but moving on which now makes sense which, that, that, hey, that get question too. was
2: answered yeah
1: Right. The last element I think of the show before we get into our special segment for Life and Back was just the warden situation. So for me, I understood that the I felt the biggest use of seeing like an old warden fall out and then a new warden come in was just to see how instrumental Aaron has been to the prison and puts him in a very particular position mm-hmm. to be a leader and to kind of fight as hard as he does uh, for so many elements. Other than that, I was just like, eh. you know, his name was Cyrus Hunt. We got on the back end. We we saw that he was a bad guy, or we know that he was a bad guy, but we didn't really see much of of that. So the violence element, I think, for me, is just like a little not um, as appealing as I would like. But for you guys, really quickly, um, Jeff, what did you think about knowing that there was a warden before? Because I don't know if we knew that before. I don't.
3: I don't think we did either. I think he was just like a, a thing to move the story forward. Because if you think about it, he was setting up traps for uh, for Aaron to, like,
2: mm-hmm.
3: hurdle through when it was his first couple of months or whatever. And he needed him to, like, learn to be a lawyer to get to that point. So it was just a hurdle.
1: And that's why I think we were introduced to his character. Definitely. What about you, Di? Any thoughts on that old warden versus the new warden?
0: Yeah, I actually really loved seeing the old warden versus the new warden. For one, it kind of gave me a greater sense of the warden's intentions moving into the jail cell. Um, And it also made me just more aware of time uh, because you see all of the different changes that were happening. And you really get to see that the warden really came in with the prisoners at the front of her heart and how all the changes that she were make, was making was to benefit them and to make them feel more humane. So mm-hmm. I feel like the greatest indicator of time is change. And so seeing, you know, going from those uh, visits that were non-contact were to in-contact, I thought that that was one of the most interesting things because we've seen a few of those flashback scenes, but I never put the two and two together mm-hmm. that, hey, they're in, yeah, you know, there's a wall now, yeah. there's a wall back then. So seeing that just, you know, lets you see that things have been evolving and that it has been quite some time since he's been in jail.
2: Yeah.
1: Definitely. Go ahead, Emily.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I I felt like this was the, it was important to see because we needed to see how Aaron was established with this new warden because we always, we've always talked about kind of questioning her motives and questioning if she's really a good person and if she's on Aaron's side. And we could see this pre-established kind of, status quo and this this moment of like okay hey i'm a new person it's going to be totally different here your experience in prison and it helped aaron get to where he is currently and so that was why establishing the story moment and knowing hey this is this is the horrible stuff that was going on before i know we have some bad stuff now but this is like this was way worse so seeing that Transition, I think, was really important.
1: I agree. And it definitely showed us right off the bat how, you know, that relationship that Erin has with her. We were always wondering, like, well, what is it about these two? But Mm -hmm. she already said, you know, you're responsible for me being here. So she kind of started off. Um, indebted anyway. to Aaron in some ways. It was interesting. So tonight we got to see all of those elements. We didn't get to see anybody walk out of prison. There wasn't a particular case because we are getting ready for Aaron's case. So that's why I think it's good that we got the For Life and Back segment. Jeff, tell us what's going on.
3: Yes, For Life and Back is where we highlight people who have been wrongly, wrongfully imprisoned and then exonerated. And we just talk about the stories about them And this week we're talking about Terrence Lewis, who was wrongfully convicted for 21 years of murder. And he um, finally got exonerated. But the problem is that he's out right now, but he can't get a job because in the state of Pennsylvania where he is, wrongfully convicted people can't really get money. They can't get money for being wrongfully convicted. So right now he is helping the homeless. And his job is to Mm -hmm. help the homeless and help the homeless at a homeless shelter. So that is what he's doing to collect money and still work during this time of coronavirus because at the end of the day, these people that are leaving jail still need to live lives. And that's what he's trying to do. And to make money, he is helping the homeless right now. So I wanted to highlight him. And then the Philadelphia Inquirer actually wrote about him along with a couple other people. But he was quoted saying that my belief was and still is that God Almighty does not place a burden on a soul more than it has the strength to bear once Mm -hmm. I put that in my heart once I was able to do the things that were necessary for me such as taking my care work out do you um sorry you got the things that will give you insane you got to cherish that which you have and allow you to cope with what you don't have and I love that quote because in the time now we jokingly say like and I don't say we as a whole as like social media and everything Mm -hmm. we jokingly say oh we're locked up now oh this is uh, what people in jail are like but like they're laughing at us because this is what they've been going through not Mm -hmm. in the not in a physical i mean not in like the exact sense but like in a in a sense they've been locked up they've been having to be away from people and he's like i've been living this for 21 years Mm -hmm. was a couple more months so it was funny that he was kind of putting light to it, but also the quote was great and it opened my eyes and I wanted to like just share with everybody because like just know what you have, cherish what you have, and then don't really worry about what you don't because all you can do is enjoy what you have and just think about the the, the good parts and that's what's gonna get you past this. So that's yeah. why I wanted to bring this up.
1: I love that. Beautiful. I mean I think that's so a beautiful, beautiful thing. That yeah. just that level of resiliency, you know, I'm sure that has to be part of what's maintained him you know for somebody to be in jail for so many years and it was yeah. wrong you can only imagine so it's always nice to see stories like that um that come up in the news so I'm, I'm so yeah. glad that you kind of yeah. always find a good spot like something that we get to sit on it and that'll preach any day of the week but Emily <laughs> uh let us know what news and gossip you were able to kind of get your hands on
2: Awesome. So, uh, Curtis Jackson is uh, sharing a bunch of stuff on uh, his Twitter lately because he has a book coming out on April twenty eighth. So, in like a week Ooh. or so, uh, less than, and uh, it's called "Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter," and uh, it goes, it, it's, um, it opens up about his whole life, um, just his tragic personal loss to becoming like this thriving businessman and being Cable's like highest paid executive right now. And sure. it's pretty much a unique self-help guide that is from a perspective we've never really heard before. And so um, I'm you can pre-order it on, uh, on the publisher's website and um, I think on Amazon and a bunch of other places. So please go check it out. And it sounds like it's gonna be an incredible story. Adding that to the collection for
1: sure. Right? Jeff, you're going to copy Exactly. Oh, 100%. 100%.
3: We're working harder and harder over here. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we're all hustling, right?
0: <laughs> all
1: day
3: long.
0: If he okay, well, can... from being shot nine times to highest paid executive—we've all got to read that. Book. Mm-hmm, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And then because of his personality and all of the kind of antics and stuff, it'll be really good to just see how he is because you have got to be like a top tier business person, oh going to put yeah. yourself in, in this type of position. But enough about Fifty because we'll talk about that when it comes out. We got some last minute, quick prediction, guys. We're going into, I think, two episodes left, maybe one before the finale. Yeah, two more, I Um, think, two more,
2: yep.
1: Emily, go ahead and start us off. What's your prediction?
2: Well, I mean, I think this next episode, the next last two is going to be about his, his retrial and, and um, some, we're going to have some type of closure and, uh, you know, but again, he has to have a few more hurdles until uh, we kind of have some type of conclusion. So we'll see.
1: Okay. What about you, Jeff? Emily
3: thought there was going to be closure. I still don't think there will be. Some I type think of closure.
2: Maybe not the full thing, but maybe <laughs> another breakthrough <Lord>. or something.
3: <laughs> Look, at the end of the season, I think he's going to be breaking through those doors and going right back to his cell, unfortunately. Um... And that is that is my prediction. I don't want it to happen, but that it is what it is. There's been, like I said last week, there's been too many times they kind of hinted at it. We need you in here. We need you in here. Yeah. If he's gone, what? How is the jail cell like what is where's is the storyline going the jail cell? So unfortunately, that is my
1: prediction. It makes sense. What about you, Die? I see where you're big? going
0: from Will. However, uh Jeff, I said Will. I see where you're coming from, Jeff, but um, yeah, I don't know who Will is. Maybe Williams. I would be going with my Will. <laughs> is that he is gonna win his trial and that the following seasons are gonna focus on his life after he gets out and so although they're saying they need him in jail we are gonna learn how he is maneuvering being a lawyer on the outside and still pulling his people like the underground railroad yeah. tubman like bringing his people out we're see him we're gonna get I can... them
2: yeah i could see him being a lawyer for that prison like he's out but he's like no i'm the representative for everyone that's in here yeah, so i
3: think he could
2: cool. yeah hmm. be like a public I defender that,
1: i i don't know at this point which way we're going to go because for me side of it is like a just situation if we're going to set up the second season we can get way more stories if he's still in prison but then too to dot's credit it's like well if he's out like what it would be interesting to see for the real Aaron Wallace, like what happened with his life, you know, after that, how do you go on to do such amazing work? So for me, my prediction, I don't really have one. I'm going to try to think about it and I can talk about it with you guys on social media. We're yeah. just about out of time. Dot, like I said, social media, where can I find you?
0: You guys can find me everywhere all across the board at Dot McDonald's and that is D-O-T McDonald, like the restaurant, but without a nest.
3: All right, what about you, Jeff? They can follow me at Jeff Will Jr. on all your social
1: media platforms. And Emily?
2: And you can find me on all social media platforms at Emily May Heller.
1: Perfect, and I'm all over social media at Keith underscore Andre. We can always keep the conversation going. Slide Go in those
3: DMs.
2: Ooh! <laughs> Slide in those DMs. you. <laughs> <laughs>